Joining me is Dr. Lucas McMillan. He is a naturopathic physician and clinic director of Delbrook Integrative Medical Center in North Vancouver, BC, Canada. And he's back on the show to talk about food reactivities and why there's no ideal diet. Welcome back, Dr. McMillan. Hello, Christine. Yeah, it's a pleasure to chat again. I'm looking forward to this. Yes, I am interested in this topic as, as you've been on the show and I'm always interested in every topic I should say, but is there no such diet out there? Yeah, there, there, there's no perfect diet. There's no ideal group of foods that would work for everyone. And I feel like that's the biggest thing that people are looking for is, well, if I'm going to change my diet, if I'm going to adapt a new dietary pattern, what can I do that is the most healthy thing for me? So I think there's a lot of great information out there for the general diets. That's, you know, we want to eat more nuts, more seeds, more fiber, or generally healthy foods. I think most people are becoming more aware that vegetables really are kind of a simple thing to increase that will really improve the quality of most people's dietary intake. But sometimes we make dietary changes and people feel worse. Sometimes they get digestive problems they didn't have before. Sometimes we get skin rashes and skin itch or a very different, it can affect our mood. It can affect the way our digestive system works. So we need to pay attention to these things. And I'm really trying to shine some light on the differences from one person to another. Mm -hmm. So it is subjective, right? Depending on your age as well. And um, if you exercise, if you don't exercise, yeah, yeah. So the, the ratios definitely change with exercise or how active you are. I think probably the majority of people don't need to worry too, too much about it. It's more when we get into the higher competition level or when we're, say, running for 10, 15 plus kilometers fairly regularly, then the requirements of the diet really start to become more, more specific or more specialized for that kind of activity. Uh, the average people that I see, I, I see a pretty broad range. I find that typically if people are more sports-oriented, more competition-oriented, they, they have a trainer, they have some kind of program, I do think that is best. Like having somebody who is experienced to try to help you to dial in specifically for you, who can monitor you regularly is probably a really good thing. And for most of the other people, say the you know the weekend outings or the, the beer league uh, athletes, I mean, that kind of thing, people who are being generally athletic, don't need to really dive into the specifics of what is optimal for sports or what is optimal for that high level of sports. It doesn't necessarily make that much of a difference. But the thing that really can make a difference is figuring out what food your body doesn't like. And I feel that's something that isn't getting enough information or enough light shone on it is what my body likes and what, say, your body likes or another person entirely can be very, very different. And sometimes those healthy foods like spinach or kale or whatever the, the superfood of the day is, mm. can actually cause people problems if their body doesn't particularly like that food. So it can be it can be like spinach, really. Like it, it, yeah, it, very much. I've seen reactions to pineapple that are just quite shocking. Um, asparagus. I had a patient in the last week who, um, when we eliminated asparagus, it clearly made a difference to her diet or to her digestive process, which was unexpected. It's uh, one of those foods that I'd very much put in a healthy category, but for whatever reason, her body didn't do well with it. Mm -hmm. Well, like, what are some of the symptoms, though, that you do have a food allergy? Like, um, yeah. 
Yeah, so the food reactivities can be pretty diverse. Um, really, they can affect just about any system of your body. But by far the most common ones that I would see would be lower energy, especially within 24 hours of eating that food. Um, I should point out that's not always the case. It can be surprisingly delayed. It might kick in up to 72 hours later. So those really make it more difficult to assess, but it's a good thing to be aware of. Um, so lower energy skin rashes. Um, if you have a general skin itch that comes and goes, I, I find very often that's related to the foods we're eating and when we're eating those foods. Um, digestive problems like gas and bloating are very, very commonly related to the food we eat. Um, it's not saying these are the only reason you can have these symptoms, but those are the biggest ones that I see. Um, to some extent, if some people are unable to lose the last little bit of weight, sometimes changing their dietary patterns without changing their exercise can really make a difference to help to peel that last little bit off. And some of that is actually, I believe, food reactivities and things that they're eating that their body just doesn't like that are causing them to hold on to a little bit more weight, a little bit more water, a little bit more inflammation. Mm. I mean, what happens um, if you ignore it? Like, say, for example, it's just because I'm I'm older now or because, um, you know, I'm depressed or because of the pandemic. Um you know, when should you go? Like when, if this happens like a week or two weeks, um, is there monitoring, how to monitor it? Uh, yeah, so probably a good good rule of thumb is if it doesn't feel good, it's definitely worth paying attention to and mm. just keeping somewhat of a log. So where I personally start to worry or say a friend came to me and said, hey, I have a digestive thing. If it came up in the last couple of days, it's probably something you ate very recently or something else happened. Maybe you were stressed out, maybe you really didn't sleep well. And there's so many things that can play into that. Uh, you might have went to a restaurant, you're super excited in COVID to get out and be social again, and maybe they didn't prepare your food quite the right way. But there's, there's quite a bit that can affect you in the short term. So I'm usually less concerned about the short symptoms that are really brand new. We might have some options to calm some of that down, but my level of concern is really quite low. If somebody's had digestive problems for a month, especially if they've had digestive problems for a year, uh, then it's very much time, okay, we need to figure this out. We need to have an understanding of where it's coming from. Um, typically, if it's a short-term digestive problem, say you're, you're sick, you're fighting something, or you've eaten something your body doesn't like, I would expect that to be gone in a week or maybe two. Um, so anything beyond that, there's usually an ongoing reason or something that we can address, something at the very least we can identify and try to figure out what the trigger is and eliminate that trigger. And mm -hmm. I personally have found that food is that trigger well over half of the time. Mm. Do you see more women and than men with, you know, common, you know, they're allergic or does it, or, or is it just, does it matter? That's a really good question. Uh, I believe it's been quite similar male to female, but female also has the added sides. I have a number of patients who have more gas, more bloating, more digestive concerns around the time of their menstrual cycle, especially mm. just before when some of the hormones start to change. So that's another thing again, and that can actually be addressed. And there's often options to help to improve the digestive process or to improve mood or to improve whatever symptoms are coming with that. But it's often not food. So that's that's a great example of another thing that can very much play in and have a similar symptom set. 
but those are usually very cyclical. They usually happen at the same time in a menstrual cycle. They might not happen every single cycle, but it's usually similar each cycle, maybe every other cycle. Um, beyond that, I think men and women, in my experience, have been really quite similar. Um, I find, <laughs> for whatever reason, women are a little bit more likely to come in directly and ask what they can do about it. Um, I've definitely had more men come in that were sent by their female spouse or by some kind of female partner um, saying you, you need to fix this guy either his gas is horrendous or his digestion is a problem or whatever the reason might be um, it seems that pretty much across the board women are typically better at caring for themselves and asking questions and at least from my experience it's, it's very much been imbalanced that way but once they're in the door we start diving in i like to ask questions about the digestive system about bowel movements about whether or not their skin is itchy, about their energy, about their mood. That usually digs up if they have these kinds of problems. And I haven't found a big difference, male to female. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, it's a good idea not to ignore because you want to improve your quality of life. So Yeah, well, I have patients that when they travel, say, from here to, sorry, from Vancouver to Whistler, or a relatively short trip, They'll map out where the bathrooms are in between because their digestive system is so unpredictable. Mm. So, you know, there there are times if you have a, a diagnosis such as Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, sometimes it's really difficult to turn that off, especially for a mid flare. Um, so there are, there are times where I, we have an identified reason for it, so it's a little bit less worrisome. We still want to do everything we can, but there's a reason. When I have people who don't have a reason, where they tell me their digestive system is fine, it's been this way for years, but they map out bathrooms for relatively short trips because they just can't trust the digestive system to be okay while they do what they do. It is very clearly affecting their quality of life. It's very clearly getting in the way of what they want, what they want to do. And yeah, that, that potential medical problem moving forward becomes very real. I mean, you might not be absorbing the nutrients as well as your body needs. We sometimes have downstream effects of that where we start to lose energy, we start to have our mood be affected, we start to have other negative effects of not having the nutrients that we would otherwise be absorbing if our digestive system was working appropriately. Mm -hmm. So in more severe cases, of course, there's there can be other things going on that usually can be diagnosed and excluded quite easily. Say, if there's an ulcer or if there's a bleed somewhere in the digestive tract, we can usually test for that very, very quickly. Um, I mean, we can have the answer within a few days of somebody coming into the clinic and saying, this is your problem or this is not your problem. They just completely scratch it off the list. Thankfully, it's not a really common thing that I see or a really common thing that comes out of it. But yeah, sometimes, you know, for true medical reasons, it, it is a good idea to get that assessed and see what is going on. And let's be sure it's nothing major. And then let's find ways to fix this. Let's find ways to do what your body prefers to avoid this kind of reaction. Yes, and you know, I mean, drinking enough water is important to for your digestive system, right? But it's, um, you know, that that's helpful, right, Dr. McMillan? Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I definitely see some issues with constipation and, uh, yeah, I guess general digestive issues from people who would do better or that do do better by increasing their water intake. Um, I especially find that if people crank up their, their fiber and for whatever reason they're not increasing water. Um, fiber, especially soluble fibers, 
are very good at absorbing water and getting bigger. So if you've placed, you know, even just bran into water, into milk, you can watch it expand, you can watch the milk disappear, you can see how much water these things absorb. So if that happens in our digestive tract, we don't have enough water to essentially fill that up, it's going to draw a large amount of moisture out of the digestive tract and essentially make everything very sticky, very hard to move. It makes you much more likely to be constipated or have gas and bloating because it's not moving. So another part of that is the digestive tract, especially toward the end of the digestive tract, is very, very good at pulling water out. So the longer everything sits in that part of the digestive tract, the drier it's going to become, the more likely it's going to be constipated, the more likely it might be painful or uncomfortable, or in some cases cause a little bit of a tear and a little bit of bleeding when you go to pass it. So yeah, water water can be very simple way to fix that. And personally, I find that water plus fiber fixes a lot of issues. I mean, it's it's a fairly simple thing to try. It's just gently increase. Um, a common thing that people might try would be, say, ground flax or um, psyllium or psyllium husks. I mean, the what is it? The Metamucil supplements. I know have some fiber in them, but they're they're predominantly fiber. That's the point of them. So they really can be quite available if you don't find it easy to get through your diet. And we can use those as assessments to see if you feel better when we use them. If so, we can find dietary ways to use that or to get that in the long term. Mm-hmm. So we can use these things as much as treatments or assessments. But um, yeah, water has to be a part of that fiber conversation. Yes. And Dr. McMillan, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, yeah. So uh, one, one of my favorite ways to assess, like to really dive down, if you wanted to know, do I react to these foods? I've been told that maybe maybe wheat is bad or maybe dairy is bad or maybe asparagus is bad or whatever I'm trying to assess for myself. Um, my personal favorite way to do that is to try to cut it out of the diet for two weeks straight and then systematically reintroduce it after. So the purpose there is we're going to give the body a little bit of a break. If our body's producing antibodies or if it's becoming inflamed from these foods, we would expect that reaction to go down a little bit after two weeks. Um, most of our reactions will decrease a decent amount in that time. We may or may not feel that decrease because it happened very slowly. But when we reintroduce the food, so let's say I whey protein, for whatever reason, my body doesn't like it. If I avoid for two weeks, I might not notice that my skin feels a little bit less itchy. I might not notice that my digestion is better. But when I reintroduce it after that two weeks, I get a very clear picture. Whatever the symptoms that food causes, I'll typically feel them, and they tend to be a little bit stronger than what I would normally feel because we've given ourselves a break from it. So as a general take-home, something that people can do, I mean, I'd you know, be gentle. I would be very aware that if we're cutting out foods, sometimes you're cutting out the nutrients with them. If you struggle to maintain weight or if you struggle to get food in, or if you tend to be triggered by food changes, say if you, you know, if you have an eating disorder, if there's some reason that being very aware of what you're eating or cutting out foods isn't good for you, this might not be the way to go. For the majority of people, I think that it's worth a try. I think that we can actually get some benefit by testing the foods that we think might be an issue. Mm. Um, clinically, we can go a little bit further or we can add to that if we're not clear on what is causing the issue. So there is actually a blood test that we can do to measure the amount of antibodies you produce against each individual food. Um, one of my preferred ones tests 95 foods, so we get a pretty good range of different meats, different nuts and seeds and fruits and vegetables, um, some things like caffeine, uh, types of sugar, 
So you can see if your body has a unique negative reaction to these. Um, the tests very much tell you how many antibodies you have against the foods, but they don't tell us what your body's doing with those antibodies. So we use a test like that to make a very short list of possible foods that are causing issues. And then again, we use that two-week elimination to see if they're causing you problems and to see how you feel when you reintroduce the foods to see what problems they're causing. So there's, there's very much a process to go through. But when I have people that come in that say, I think these foods are causing issues, but I'm not sure, that two-week test I found to be pretty reliable and a pretty mm -hmm. safe, easy, and simple way to actually assess these things for yourself. And wow. There's always other options, such as the blood test or other things, that we can build into the plan to try to dive further into it. That's wonderful. And if people want more information, where can they go, Dr. McMillan? Yeah, my personal website is drlucasmack.com. That's uh, all about me and some of the things that I offer. The clinic website that I practice out of that we've been gradually expanding and bringing new practitioners into is the Delbrook Integrative Medical Center. So the website is delbrookintegrative.com. So both of those, we're, we're planning to continue to build and to grow. We, we definitely want to have a source of information that people can look to if they want to learn a little bit more about what some of the options are for their own health, what they can do in the doctor's office, and what they can do out of the doctor's office to try to keep themselves feeling their best. Those would be a couple of my personal favorites. Yes, and thank you very much for being a guest on the show. And I'd like you to come back, Dr. McMillan. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, I, I love it. It's, it's great to get the information out. So I'm sure I'll be back. I'm sure we'll have another chat. And hopefully we can continue to get some other word out and help people find new options, new ideas, and better ways to just feel their best. Yes, thank you again. Thanks. Thank you.